we doing, everybody? Um, I'm your host. I'm Darby Harn, and today is the first ever episode of something I think we're going to call the Shelf Warmers, which is uh, me and my friend Sugu talking about the most important and critical issue of our time, which is toys. <laughs> so, how are we doing, Sugu? Doing well. How are you? I'm awake. It's early for me. It is late for you, right? Yes, that's right. So Sugu is in Japan. I'm in the States. I'm in Iowa, Central Standard Time. And there is nearly a day between us. So it's 7 a.m. as we record. And it is 10 p.m. over there. That's right. That's right. But we have crossed time and space to bring you this episode, this podcast, because we've been wanting to talk for a while about toys. Well, I take that back. We talk about toys all the time. Um, but we wanted to record it because we were going to just kind of get in on this new year action of doing something new and cool. And today we're going to talk about uh, one of our favorite toys and characters ever, and that's Optimus Prime. Um, but before we do that, by way of introduction, I will just kind of give you guys out there um, an idea of who we are. So some of you listening to this might be familiar with me as uh, podcaster. I, uh, I am part of the Movie News Network podcast with my friends and colleagues, David Wall and Alex Newman. That's the official podcast of the Movie News Network, where I write uh, Sister Side of Star Wars Newsnet. And Sugu, tell the cool folks a little bit about yourself. Uh, well, I came to Japan about 16 years ago. So I've been living in Japan for most of my adult life. Um, I don't have a cool reason of why I came to Japan. It was a good job and I came over here and absolutely fell in love with my life here. Uh, had such a great life, a lot of amazing opportunities. Um, and, you know, uh, here in Japan, um, I found um, the the Transformers line was being re reinvented reinvigorated with some new collector's edition of of toys so i just started collecting them and uh yeah when they made an optimus prime figure i kind of got hooked and i started buying as many as i could get my hands on really uh, so yeah. had you um collected the transformers before this so when I was a kid, I had some, uh, some toys, um, not a whole lot. Uh, certainly my parents will tell you I had a ton of Transformers. Um, but for me, I didn't really have a lot. There were a lot of characters that I wanted, but we could never afford getting them. Um, yeah. So I just, I had to kind of grow up uh, adapting a lot of what I had to different things. Um, my, in my mind, characters were always changing allegiances from Autobot to Decepticon because <laughs> I, I just didn't have enough numbers. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, so I, I had Transformers when I was young, uh, when I was a kid. Then I, when I graduated college, I uh, bought a couple uh, Transformers. It was always the Optimus, actually. Um, whatever the new the new Transformers line was, I didn't watch the show, but I bought the, the Optimus Prime version. So what, what was it about Optimus then that 
because um, I think it's probably the same for both of us. But what was it about Optimus that he was the guy? So there's a few things to kind of think about with with Optimus Prime. Uh, one of the things that I think you and I both have to remind the audience is we grew up with G1. Yep. Uh, in 1984, the first Transformers episode was aired and we were watching it as kids. We were their target demographic. Yeah. Um, so That was an easy mark. <laughs> yeah. So for me, Optimus Prime uh, is, a, is a staple of, of my childhood, of my life. Um, you know, for an, another example, uh, Spider-Man was the staple for my brother. Uh, my, my older brother, he's eight years older than me. Uh, he grew up reading Spider-Man, watching the show, uh, just everything Spider-Man. And so when he became an adult, he wanted to get a tattoo and knowing that tattoos are permanent, he, could, he was trying to think what was a permanent fixture of his life uh, for the tattoo. And he thought Spider-Man. So he got a tattoo of Spider-Man on, on his arm. Uh, for me, Optimus Prime was that fixture. You know, he grew up, uh, you know, in a place that my parents couldn't, you know, my, my, my parents understood the, the world as it, as it was. Uh, Optimus Prime always knew right from wrong. He always knew uh, what to do. He always knew the, the right thing to do. Um, and he, he never wavered from that, um, regardless of what was happening around him. Um, and he was always able to deliver that message, not in a preachy way, but in a, in a comforting way. Of, like, look, it's just very simple this is the right thing to do. And that was it. It, it made you feel like he, he hugged you. It was a, a big hug. Right. And then he crushed you because he's a giant robot. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. Also, he's just a bad motherfucker. He's like, he's like, he shows up and he's just like, I, you know, your abiding image of him is the G1 and he shows up and he, he transforms and he's like instantly cool. There's yeah. literally never been, with the exception of, I think, of Soundwave, there's never been a cooler <laughs> Transformer. Yeah. And he shows up and then he whips out that gun and it's it's awesome. And then you I have mean, you have the voice, you know, it's all there. Yeah, well, we all remember the line from the movies. Megatron must be stopped, no matter yeah. the consequence, and, yeah. or no matter the price. And he transforms into the truck. You got the touch, comes on. And the right. theater just goes nuts because of what's about to happen. And yeah. then he tries, he mows over Decepticons. Then an explosion happens and he pops into the air. And as a kid, as, a, as an elementary student, my jaw was just dumbstruck. I couldn't yeah. even eat the popcorn. I was so invested <laughs> into Optimus Prime taking down like everybody. <laughs> <laughs> and then they killed him <laughs> and then he died and i will say this now several decades later yeah. um my family <laughs> made fun of me for crying and bawling my eyes out oh, when man. optimus prime died now as an adult i meet other people who watch that movie and they cry too and i feel vindicated I'm like see i told you it's okay to cry because Optimus Prime it, died. <laughs> it was 
one of the most traumatizing moments of a very traumatizing decade and <laughs> it was one of it was one of the most crass uh thoughtless irresponsible acts in the history of uh, american toys and the, <laughs> These guys, Hasbro, they, they killed your childhood in the first, what, 10 minutes of that movie? Oh. And then you had to sit there in your grief and trauma <laughs> to watch these new motherfuckers. Like, and you're like, I don't care about any of these guys. Who is, who is you know, and then by the end, maybe you kind of dig some of them. But like, but yeah, no, they're like, here, here, here's the new toys. Old toys are gone. Yeah, it was so hard to watch Prowl and Ironhide just get blown away. It was hard to see Wheeljack just dead like wait what dead what wheeljack they're dead man (laughs) you know and then by the then when you get to optimus i think one of the great things about that scene is you're like now he this you know because you've seen some of your guys already dead yeah he's like he's going to mete out justice and he certainly does but it's not on the scale that megatron did you know you were a little bit just when he says you know dinobots destroy uh devastator uh, you're like you're you want to see these this guy go go dinobots because you know they can take him down doesn't really happen um you know but it was for me it was it was all g1 and and i had uh i had the original optimus prime i got him and had to have been 1985 it was a bit later yeah. that i got him and i got i believe we i got him on clearance that was the only reason that was able to afford him and he is just one of one of my all-time favorite toys he's just a great toy i mean he's got the actual toy itself, the original G1, in terms of especially these newer guys, you know, the you know, you're a big collector of the masterpiece ones. The G1 toy, you know, obviously suffers in comparison, but there's still <laughs> something really magical about him um, that I think appeals to people to this day. Um, even though you know, you immediately a lot, you know, he had like the fists. You had to plug the fists in uh, to his arms. Yeah, it, the first thing he lost and you know like the little uh his little exhaust pipe things they always came off um and then you just played with them so i mean and the transformers and like gi joes in particular were terrible for losing stuff because they came with all these greebly things yeah and uh so you you're just going to lose them immediately um so what was let's go back what was your first optimus prime then that you got yeah, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because I did want to tell the story. The, the reason I even bring up my, my brother and, and his Spider-Man tattoo is um, Optimus Prime was was my first kind of real toy. Uh, before that, you know, I was young enough that I stuffed animals and whatnot, like like the, the baby toys type stuff. But um, to my memory, it was my first real toy because my brother knew that I loved that show. Um, it, you know, he watched me watch it. And he he was watching Transformers as well. Um, and he saved up his allowance and he got me that Optimus Prime for Christmas. Um, and I didn't expect it at all. Uh, yeah. There are pictures now that, you know, I was just beaming with having Optimus Prime. And, you know, the, the, the fact that it was Optimus Prime, like the, the God of all things, right? Like the best <laughs> yes. transformer, the the pinnacle of everything, and here he is in my little hands, provided by my brother, who told me later that he had to save up his allowance in order to get it for me. Yeah, I'm like, oh man, I'm just indebted to 
right? <laughs> I'm indebted to him. I'm indebted to Hasbro, to Marvel. Yeah. Like it was just crazy. Um, and I, I played with that thing so much, and you know, I still have it. It's back in America with my parents. Um, the leg broke because it didn't have knees, and I wanted it to have knees. Um, so it broke, and then my brother fixed it by super gluing the leg together. Um, well, I lost a fist. Uh, yeah. Those were gone. So I just made it out like in my imagination. Uh, who was it? It wasn't Megatron because I didn't have him. Some minor breakdown, some minor Decepticon. He cut off Optimus' yeah. hands because that was the only way that I could have Optimus without hands. <laughs> it's, it's, I think one of the, the best things about toys is it, the way that they engaged your imagination and you filled in some of those blanks. Like when you're, you're playing, especially with the Star Wars toys when you're a kid and, and those guys, you know, like the, the aliens and stuff like Hammerhead or Bosk or somebody and you didn't know who they were yet. This is before there was a book and comic and they all had a backstory and you just made up these stories about who they were. You know, Bosk was just misunderstood, you know. <laughs> he was like, he was like he's, just, he's just a guy, he's trying to make a living. You don't know. Um and uh the the transformers were the same way you could like even though they you had the cartoon and they were fairly well defined um you could do stuff like that you know in your head. that's one of the the absolute brilliant things about the original transformer show that i haven't seen duplicated anywhere else which is that the show itself really i mean we all know now that the show existed to sell the toys but because they put Marvel writers in there, the, each episode was just a character vignette. It, that's all it was. It wasn't really a plot. It wasn't really something to advance the story. It was just a way to introduce each character as a fully fleshed out character, which meant when you took those toys out of your toy chest, you now had a fully fleshed out character in your head that you could then create your own stories with and yeah because especially sometimes it went wrong uh with grimlock in particular the characterization of, of grimlock who in the cartoon and, and really in the comics uh the so you had the marvel comic running concurrently and you had bob budiansky was the writer of the entire thing and i think he might have been the person who came up with the name optimus prime actually if i remember mm -hmm. right um but they made Grimlock sort of this idiot, you know, and he, you know, but he was always competing for sort of the top job. And I never, I hated that because Grimlock is a badass. He looks amazing. And you're like this guy, you know, and then they just made him stupid. So you could never take him seriously. But to me, in my head with the toys, he was always, he, you know, he was always uh, different. He was, he was smarter. He was dangerous. He was a little bit Boba Fett. You didn't know what was going on in that head of his because he never said anything. It wasn't, he didn't speak because it wasn't because he didn't know language. It was like, he was like, he was just the strong silent type, but. On um, a completely different topic. I mean, definitely related, but on a yeah. topic from the toys. Um, the Fall for Cybertron video game mm -hmm. has a really interesting element of Grimlock's backstory of why he spoke the way he did. It wasn't stupidity. It was actually like his brain is working, but his mouth doesn't work like that. Like he can't communicate as well because of, I mean, spoilers for something 
10 years ago, but right. um, because of Shockwave's experiments. Mm. Shockwave experimented on Grimlock and that caused his mouth to not function as well, but he's, his, he was still functioning upstairs, which I thought was an interesting, deeper element to him as character. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how the, because there's been what, so many iterations of the franchise now you know in both not just the films but then also you've had several animated series you've had the idw comics which have gone for a while which i know some people are tell me are amazing they're really good i Um, have them actually here i I bought them they're 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 a compelling read cool uh, without going into too much detail yeah yeah so that was your, your that was your first prime as a gift from your brother is really cool and then you fast forward a bit after college. So you and I, so people know, you and I met in college, met in Dublin. Uh, in on the 2000, way to Dublin. <laughs> on the way to Dublin uh, in 2000. And there was a toy store there in Dublin Smiths, which is still there, um, uh, off Henry Street. Um, so uh, so Smiths uh, in Dublin summer 2000, the, the Star Wars was huge. I got a couple star wars guys while i was there i don't remember transformers though uh, no were, uh, did back you in those get any, days any? no i didn't get any um back in those days transformers was working on their uh animated line um and so that was a very different characterization of optimus prime specifically um they played him younger and he was a construction crew head or something like that. Okay. Um, yeah, it, it was a really bizarre start. Um, and he was younger. And so he had kind of the, uh, the questioning of himself and the self-doubt. Um, and I, I just couldn't get into that version. Um, you know, one thing that I see a lot is Optimus Prime is definitely one of the most recognizable faces for the Transformers franchise. But I don't think um, he centered the stories. Like he was the gravity of the stories, but I don't think he was the plot that that moved Mm -hmm. the stories forward. Do you know what I mean? Oh yeah. So, what was then, so you started collecting, I uh, mentioned earlier when you, uh, uh, you got back into collecting when you got to Japan. Um, what was sort of the first, uh, there was an Optimus Prime that you got that was one of the first one? Yeah, actually, um, just before I came to Japan, um, Hasbro released the 20th anniversary Optimus Prime. Um, that ended up being MP01, the first masterpiece transformer um but okay. in america it was the 20th anniversary after this prime this thing was huge it was just this yeah. giant figure all metal could hurt someone with it um but it looked amazing <laughs> it looked absolutely yeah. stunning it transformed the truck was a bit wonky but it looked like optimus like everything um, it had lights, it, the, the matrix lit up in his chest. And that was the first time I really saw 
what Hasbro had in mind with masterpieces. And And I wanted it. Yeah. And it was so awesome. You never bought another Optimus Prime again, right? (laughs) Yeah. It it completely filled up my collection. Um, So, yeah. So then after that, the Alternators line started. And I bought those because they were fully licensed cars and amazing looking bots. Then I went to Japan and, okay, so... I should tell you this, MPO1, the first masterpiece at 20th anniversary, was just Optimus the robot. Yeah, MPO, Yeah, right. MPO4 was only in Japan, and that was the 20th anniversary Optimus plus the trailer. Oh, yeah, I bought it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. (laughs) Uh, And it was it was glorious. It was beautiful. It was huge, yeah. but it was it was awesome to have like the adult version of what <laughs> child version toy I had. And like I still remember I took that box home and I was like, I still was so excited to open it. It was like, oh my God, it's like Christmas again. <laughs> yeah. That's it was, awesome. It was just amazing taking it out of the out of the box and then out of the plastic shell as yeah is i wonder about this myself sometimes so as you're collecting these days is it motivated by anything outside of just the characters and your 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 remembrance of them is there anything like in your childhood like do you feel like uh you know that your collecting is rooted in like is it like do you follow any particular patterns or anything like that yeah, so I, it's a really interesting question, especially now, because one of the reviewers that I watch, he's going through the same thing. Actually, he's uh, decided to, to make his collection be very uh, focused, and his, his collection looks amazing. Um, for me, I'm collecting Transformers for a variety of reasons. Um, mm-hmm. One of them is definitely the characters. Uh, I I loved how fleshed out the characters were, even even simply. Um, and it's got it's got to the point now that I can talk about these characters, um, you know, with and, and like with real character traits. Um, so that's one is definitely the character. But the other part of it is I'm because as you mentioned, I'm collecting the masterpiece line which includes uh, third-party masterpieces. So not only am I collecting characters, but I'm also collecting different molds um, because I find the engineering behind them fascinating. The uh, third-party stuff is insane, dude. Like, yeah. like, it, like the, you know, there's some, I'm not as hip on the current Transformers as you are, but like I've seen some of the third-party stuff and it's just incredible. So let me just tell you about um, another truck uh, that's right now in 2020 kind of the, the hot issue. Um, the Stunticons were a team of uh, Decepticon cars that combined to form Menasaur. Okay, so and that's kind they of- They were also the, stunt performers, people don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, one of the, I love them because they were like super awesome cars. You know, yeah. I'm, I'm a bit of a gearhead. So that was I, the, I one of them was the Lamborghini, right? That's right. Uh, yep. One of them, Breakdown. Actually, I mentioned breakdown. it earlier. Breakdown yeah. is the, the off-white Lamborghini. Yeah. 
Okay, but their the leader of their team was Motormaster. All right, so Motormaster was the black cab over truck um, with a sleeper section in it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there are three third party companies that have tackled this character in masterpiece form. Well, actually, four. Actually, let me let me be precise. There are four. Uh, I'm just going to name them for reference point later on. Transformation, which was a couple years ago, uh, X Transbots, DX9, and then Fans Toys. Transformation designed their Motormaster with a, a modern styling. So it doesn't look like the G1, but it looks like that character has been updated into the modern age. So fantastic. I absolutely love it. I've got that one. X Transbots, they made their Motormaster with only the truck part of it, no trailer at all. So their trailer, which they're selling separately, that's going to have all the pieces so that you can combine and make it Menasaur. But the Motormaster itself is just the truck section, similar to Optimus Prime. Mm -hmm. Then DX9 and actually Transformation, they had the the uh the truck part and half of the trailer make the motormaster robot the rest of the trailer is there for the combined mode but so uh when you have them the those motormasters and you transform them into a truck you have the truck and half of the trailer and then finally fans toys is the entire truck plus the trailer and it all combined or it all transforms into one robot. And the cool thing about it is all three of them have very different design elements. And their alt modes are very different in terms of what's actually contained, but they all transform to a robot that's of the same size and the same look and style. And that's, this stuff's so cool. It's like, you know, I, I don't know what the relationship is between Hasbro and the third parties. I can't imagine it's great, but they're, they're you have this sort of creativity which is allows for things like you just described like i don't know like any of that stuff but you know like that sounds really cool you know you have people doing different takes on the same sort of source material and taking a character that original g1 motormaster wasn't a great toy you know he was <laughs> he was fair he was fairly limited by what he had to do which was basically be the 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 uh centerpiece of the minosaur right um but that all that sounds cool, you know, um, and they were, I remember a little bit, I had the Lamborghini, I had breakdown. Um, I could afford the little ones, um, you know, like that was, it was the bad thing. The worst thing about the Transformers for me as a kid is that, you know, uh, was, you know, the abject poverty. Um, and these were some of the most expensive toys uh, in the market back then. Yeah. And I want to say Optimus was like 20 bucks, 25 bucks, which was uh, pretty astronomical uh, for a toy back then um, for, for, you know, for a person who didn't have any money. It wasn't a case of like saving up your allowance or anything like that. I mean, it, you, you just couldn't do it. So but I could get the little guys so like Bumblebee and Warpath and um, those guys because um, they were like a couple bucks, three bucks. So I get them every so often. So the, the Lamborghini guy, the those guys who combined, like I would have like random pieces 
of those like i had some aerial bots i had some t there we go there he is sugu showing off uh this would be breakdown um on the masterpiece version <laughs> the masterpiece which he's sort of the 80s era lamborghini which remains one of the coolest cars ever um but yeah that that would you know it was like an interesting thing i actually you know i have um a lot of cringe moments when i think about some of that stuff because as a kid because talk about things that motivate you. I think one of the things that definitely motivated me at one point with my Star Wars collecting as an adult was sort of getting those things I never got uh, as a kid and could never get. And then, and that then at some point- my collection yeah, as well. And then at some point that kind of, uh, for me anyway, that sort of, you know, you sort of satisfy that particular part. And then it's just about the love of the toy and, you know, the characters and everything like that. And I love, one reason we're doing we're doing an entire podcast about toys is because we just love toys and you know um the transformers is one of those things uh that are just awesome you know there's so much history there's so much lore and particularly with the transformers you know you're talking about the third party they're big sort of branches of this toy line that a lot of people aren't even familiar with um can i uh take another quick digression um a couple oh, yeah. years ago they had a museum here in Japan about Transformers and Transformers through the history, oh, man. Uh, through the ages. And it was phenomenal to walk into this museum and the walls were completely decorated with all the box art from the G1 toys. Um, in the display cases, they had the G1 toys in there. They had Optimus, they had Hot Rod and, and Rodimus Prime. They had like all these characters that were there. But to me, the coolest part was they also had the original prototypes of some of the toys. Oh, nice. And they showed them. And back in the day, they didn't have 3D printing. They didn't have um, the same manufacturing tools that we have now. They literally designed, well, first they sketched out these designs on paper, of course, but they made their prototypes out of blocks of wood. Yeah. And they made full on, they, they made the entire uh, figure from blocks of wood that's been sanded and shaped, which is partially why none of the characters have any articulation, because wood doesn't articulate like that. <laughs> it's like uh, the original Kenner Star Wars, uh, Mark Bardot, uh, designer and amazing human being um he designed uh, the original millennium falcon all those things he also they were also the prototypes were made out of wood yeah um and that i guess that was just sort of their go-to thing back in the day before they they started tooling out the actual toy but yeah that's cool i mean the the sort of transformers thing is cool the only comparable thing i have to that is uh, when i was in paris one time they had a uh exhibit at the at uh it wasn't at the louvre but it was one of the adjunct uh museums <laughs> of the louvre uh on the kenner toys particularly um palatoy uh which is was produced the toys in uh, europe and they had prototype stuff they had the like packaging samples that they that they uh discarded you know that original package from kenner like different designs that was one of the, you know, you couldn't take pictures of any of it, although I, I got, I snuck a few pictures, but uh, that was cool, man. Um, yeah. 
you know, like seeing that stuff is, is amazing. That sort of evolution of how they got where they got. Yeah. Um, it's, it's amazing to think that. And so, you know, for me collecting these transformers, it's, it's a combination of character and the engineering. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you uh, know, seeing all the history that it's connected to it's yeah, it's incredible. So you've, um, so you've been collecting the masterpiece ones the entire time you've been in Japan and you have quite okay. a few now, right? How many do you have? Uh, you know, you stop counting after you spend a certain amount of money. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have two, I have two Detals that are full of Transformers. Um, yeah, just, it's actually so overcrowded now that uh, I mentioned before another reviewer that I watch who's been looking at his collection. So I decided I'm going to turn all of my Transformers and and make them into their vehicle mode and then display them all that way. Uh, I've gotten through two shelves and it's been two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> and I have six more to go. <laughs> oh my, six shelves? Yeah. That's awesome. That's cool. Like That's why I can show you the breakdown just right here because I pulled yeah. him out to, to, right. to convert him back. That's awesome. So do you, um, what is the experience like collecting them in Japan? So for folks who don't know, is it, is it you walk into the toy store? Do you order online? So it's really interesting because uh, for me, the Masterpiece line I've, uh, has really, uh, this batch has really only been the past five years or so. Um, I've been collecting longer than that, but um, yeah, it's, it's not very long. So I would go to the stores here and I used to be able to find the, the what's called the official Takara Tomi masterpieces. And that's includes the uh, basically the ones that are official, the, the ones that Hasbro in America makes or as their masterpieces, it's really Takara Tomi. Mm -hmm. um, and I used to be able to get those back at the toy store. The third parties, I don't stand a chance of getting in a regular store. Um, I would have to go to a, uh, I don't know what to call them, like a knickknack store. It's a one that has odds and ends. They have toys from all over the place uh old toys vintage toys modern toys they buy and sell toys like they'll buy your used toy and then sell it right so they they have a wide variety of stuff um and i bought some third parties from there but nowadays most of my transformers i get online um the official ones i get from uh from a well-known multinational online shopping company uh, from A to Z. And uh, the reason I, I, I like going for them for them for the official one is um, their pre-order price is always guaranteed to be the lowest. So um, with the pre-orders, the prices will often fluctuate as people are trying to figure out how much to uh, charge for a masterpiece transformer. But um, 
the store will, even if the price dips down a little bit, I'll, as a pre-order, I'll always keep that lowest price. Right. Um, and so then, and then the other thing is I don't think about it anymore. Like I'm not watching, oh my God, is it, is it released yet? No. Okay. I'll, I have to wait. Just, I don't have to worry about it. It will just appear at my doorstep. Um, earlier this week, actually, the new Masterpiece RC was released and it just arrived at my door ready for me to, to open it. So that was awesome. Uh, and then third parties, I generally order from a store in Hong Kong. Um, I found this store, I don't even remember, five years ago. Um, I found them and they had these third parties. They had a lot of them, good price. So I sent out a little kind of test email like, hi, can I have a small order? Uh, I love the customer service. Um, then I will advertise a robo, robo toy, robotoybase.com. Um, Tony, good guy. So he, uh, he sends me all these transformers and because it's Hong Kong, the shipping rate is much cheaper than if I was in America ordering from China. Yeah, cool. so he, every couple months or so, I send him an email like, hey, Tony, how's it going? Like to place a new order. Here yeah. you go. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. It's it's it sounds pretty much like how it is here for collecting these days. It's primarily online. Yeah. And then, you know, and then you have the uh lack of just re retail shrink of re retail space for toys combined with the pandemic is pretty much made um collecting anything here impractical the way that it used to be you know the the sort of the thrill of the hunt is gone there's no more hunt and now yeah. it's sort of you know you're just refreshing your screen all the time um <laughs> to do your pre-orders or whatever but i like that too you know like i said you don't have to worry about it i think that's the um the coolest part about it you know i've got a bunch of uh the new uh the star wars mandalorian figures are coming today actually and i'm excited to get those but i pre-ordered those back in june or july something like that yeah uh and then you know they just show up and that's that's pretty cool um but to kind of get back to optimus prime there um what is there so you've got several different versions of optimus prime yeah and is there like one that they haven't done is there something like you feel like that they need to cover yet uh to be honest, I'm really happy with my uh, Optimus Prime collection. Um, I've got two MP10s. Uh, okay, uh, let me stop and go back and not use the uh, the product <laughs> numbers, and mm -hmm. so that like things actually make sense. Uh, MPO1, MPO4, those were the original 20th anniversary Optimus Prime, the giant ones. Yeah. Then around 2010, I believe, maybe 2011, they redesigned Optimus Prime Masterpiece. They made it a little bit smaller and they called it MP10. And for a long time, that was the metric for Masterpiece Transformers. Yeah. Um, the third parties, <laughs> you, you could actually see this in old uh, reviews. But the third party uh, companies, they when they made theirs, 
the cars had to fit inside the MP10 trailer. So the reviewers would always show like, yes, look, it fits into the trailer. Like that was the metric for scale. That was a metric for size, the, me the metric for detail, uh, the metric for accuracy. Like MP10 was what was everyone else was held to. Yeah. So I got one of the uh, the regular versions of it, regular the regular paint, and then I liked the mold a lot, and I really liked uh, one thing that Takara Tomi was doing back in those days was they were uh, so you know the Chinese zodiac rays by years, right? Yeah. And well, what Takara Tomi was doing was they were making a year of version of something. Okay. So um, the year of the horse, what they they took that MP10 mold and they repainted it, and they redesigned it for year of the horse. So I have a year of the horse edition of the MP10, which is phenomenal. Um, some of the design cues I like better than the original. Um, like it's got a darker red instead, and uh, and all that. Anyway, so I have two MP10s, and then um, there's a third-party company called Generation Toy. They made a version of Optimus Prime that's based off of the IDW. So IDW redesigned Optimus Prime in the comic books to look very, very difficult to design a third-party masterpiece out of, but Generation Toy managed to do it, Right. and uh, I got it. Uh, so that's pretty cool. And then recently, uh, Takara Tomi redesigned Optimus Prime again, and they made MP44. And I have that one as well. And that one's really, that one's amazing. What's um, different about him? <clears throat> so one of the things I love about MP10 is that it looks like a mature version of of Optimus Prime. So it looks like Optimus Prime that could actually really exist. But MP44, on the other hand, looks like it it stepped out of your TV screen and straight into your shelf. So you can actually put it in front of any scene in Transformers the movie except the death scene. Um, and it looks like it belongs right there in, in there nice like that it's it's an incredible feat of engineering it looks in, in terms of looks it looks like there's been no compromise made uh for how the thing looks that's awesome so he's the most recent one and uh, optimus prime yes yeah there's like there's like so many um that's cool like i we don't get like the, you can order the masterpieces here, um, but they're, I think they're pretty much all imported. And here we have, you know, if you were to go into, um, you know, go into the store or whatever, there's quite a few transformers that are out there. Uh, and there's a lot of um, stuff, you, you know, there's that new Netflix series and then the Siege line and then Earthrise. And then there's a fair amount of the movie stuff that's still out there too. Yeah. Um, that they still make and um, 
but like that stuff I never see it like the masterpiece ones because it's not you know we don't have Toys R Us anymore back when Toys R Us was around they carried some of those and so you could walk in you actually bought a masterpiece uh uh was it Rodimus Hot Rod that's right uh, I bought the yeah. U.S. version of Masterpiece Hot Rod uh with you yeah. in, in Iowa yeah when I came to visit yeah, you, you yeah and you dude, were here you were I remember here asking Japan. I remember yeah. asking you dude, should I buy this? Should I not? I'm kind of <laughs> on the fence. You know, like, look, is this something you're going to regret later on if you buy it? Like, good point. No, I won't. <laughs> I'll <Right>. take this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like you're going in coach. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. That, that was cool. And those are those, you know, I forget how much he was, but it was, it, you know, it was, those, those are fairly, there's a nice chunk of change, I guess, the masterpiece, right? Yeah, it's that's kind of one of the, the downsides of them is that they're they are expensive in in terms of sheer numbers and and what they are. Um, one of the things that I also recognize whenever I look at them is it's not just the product itself, though. You're also paying for the engineering behind it um, for right. the toy designers to actually be able to to fit pieces in like for example the mp44 optimus prime to go from truck mode to bot mode um certain details have to change their size so what i mean is for example on mp10 and i'm just gonna i, I know this is a podcast but i'm gonna show you on camera what i'm talking about uh let's say this is mp10 but this part here the what is it the fuel canister yeah. on a truck you know what i don't know all right so it's the it, round it's bit that's in between the it's that's in between yeah. the tires it's the <laughs> thing that blows up in movies when they shoot at it there you go perfect so on mp10 that thing is the same like it stays the same size so um so mp10 like i said looks like a mature version this is what it would look like in real life. But MP44, they had to find a way to take that fuel canister and make it one size for the truck, but a different size for the robot because a cartoon changed that size. That's cool. That's awesome. <sighs> and it's incredible, the amount yeah. of engineering that has gone into these masterpieces. So that's one thing that you're paying for when you when you pay for them. Uh, you're also paying for um, the product itself, like in terms of the materials. And then I don't know if you remember, but when we were kids and those transformers, you could hurt someone with them. They were made of diecast metal. Yes, you could. They're they're very heavy. There's some of them in particular. Megatron uh, was I saw a pretty solid chunk of metal in the middle. Right. Uh, and you could get hurt. Um, you know, some of them were very flimsy. I remember Shockwave in particular. I never had yeah. Shockwave, but other people did. It yeah. was very flimsy. Yeah, same. I never had Shockwave either. Uh, one of my friends had Shackwave, which was the Radio Shack version. It was That's great. That's right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Jesus. So, um, but yeah, like, so uh, these masterpieces they are made of plastic and die cast again like yeah. they are 
made with high quality materials. Um, yeah, high quality engineering, high quality materials and a high quality product. For me, that justifies the cost. Yeah, I mean, and you love that. It's like, you know, there's like this interesting, you have it in Star Wars as well. Um, this progression from them being sort of, you know, this thing that you love so much about the original toys to you sort of value the art, the engineering, the realism that goes into some of, you know, the modern ones, nowhere near the degree of uh, technical uh, work going into a Star Wars figure that goes into one of these Transformers, but it's sort of the same sort of devotion to sort of ultimate realism, you know, when you get things that sort of, um, you know, like uh, like the Mandalorian in, for in particular, like the, these first initial Mandalorian figures are far more realistic uh, than let's say the 19, you know, the mail away Boba Fett was. Yeah. Um, even though Boba Fett remains like, you know, the coolest guy. So um, yeah, that's, that, that sounds amazing. You know, the sort of the physics of the engineering and shit, like, you know, that that's yeah. just cool. I didn't even yeah. know that they were doing that. Yeah. And I'll say this, I, my personality, I'm a tinkerer. I love like mm -hmm. messing with stuff. I, I like using my hands. I like building stuff. I like taking things apart and putting it back together. Um, yeah. Transformers, even the masterpieces, especially, are vehicles that I can do that with and not destroy something, right? Like I just messing with it. It's amazing what I can do with the figures yeah. as I'm messing with it, right? Like it's just amazing. The and end do, result is a completely different mode. You do a fair amount of like photography with them too, right? That's right. Yeah. I. Um, um, completely separately i got into photography as a as a hobby yeah i uh, love taking pictures of uh japanese landscapes and kind of life around here um but because these masterpieces are so articulated they're amazing to take pictures of um and to just be able to to capture them because you can actually have them doing the things that you always imagined your toys were doing back when you were playing them as a kid. And that led into um, picking up another hobby, which is stop motion. Uh, I know a lot of people do stop motion videos with their, with their transformers, yeah. but doing that with a masterpiece feels so much better because everything moves. Like you don't have to skip frames or you don't have to, skip pieces because it doesn't move but in a masterpiece it does um one example is that the finger the fingers are articulated mm -hmm. so you can actually do actual like pointing or thumbs up or something like that and you can adjust the hands um and then transforming them as well like it's it's amazing watching professional animators doing stop motion of these masterpieces yeah that's cool like i always uh i always love that stuff and uh david who is a colleague on movie news net he's a stop motion guy too and he does really interesting stuff he'd probably be interested in your transformers <laughs> your your little your little uh videos that you do um so do you just see yourself like collecting 
you know, you're just going to keep doing this until, you know, the end of time or. It's funny that, that you mentioned that because <laughs> there are rumors circulating now that the masterpiece line is winding down. Um, oh. It could be that the cost is too prohibitive. Um, I can tell you that several of the third-party masterpiece companies, they've closed or they've folded or they're, they're making maybe one figure a year instead of three or four that they used to. Wow. Um, there's one company in particular that I really liked having their masterpiece from and they have officially announced that they're done, that they're closing. So uh rest in peace there uh dx9 if you're interested is um, that does that have anything to do with hasbro or do you think that's just unrelated i think so the the hasbro discussion is actually really interesting and i i don't have a whole lot of information um i'm getting my information from the reviewers that i watch but mm-hmm. uh hasbro uh hasbro has a crowdfunding division i think it's called hasbro pulse or something. yeah haslab okay yeah so their first product i think was something to do with sesame street and then their second well, one was the the star wars skiff i think was there well the the first one was the java sail barge oh that was the and- first one that, and then the Sesame Street one that you're thinking of is Cookie Monster, which I believe was the second or third one, and that one flopped. Okay. Uh, that didn't and fund. The, and I think the third one was actually Unicron. Yeah. So HasLab was making this giant, massive, utterly drool-worthy Unicron. They even, re- in Japan, I don't know about America, but in Japan, they even released this video of this guy dressed in a tuxedo slowly transforming one of the prototype unicrons it was it was a thing of beauty to watch um but at the same time a third party company came out with their design for a unicron Mm. i don't think the two are actually related i think the two are very coincidental that these two companies were designing this massive project more or less coincidentally but that was the point where Hasbro might have said enough is enough and they either sent out a cease and desist or they got the Chinese police or something and that company stopped they're they're gone Mm. another company started and they took the design of that Unicron and they went to production with it. And I think since then, it is possible that third-party companies are a bit more um, gun-shy about treading on Hasbro's toes. Um, but one thing to, to keep in mind with the third party and, and the official is that the two feed off of each other. Um, there was a mainline, so when I say mainline, I mean, the stuff that you see in most toy stores, um, the Earthrise, the Siege, all that. There is a mainline set called Combiner Wars. Yep. Just before Combiner Wars started, the official, third parties were making combiners of everything and they were selling out. Like they, you, you can find a third party 
um, combiner stunticon that was in that scale. You could find the Aerobots, you could find Computron, Defensor, like every one of them. In fact, even some, they came up with even new uh, combiners from, from teams. They made, uh, they made the, uh, a Dinobot team that combined. They made uh, the Throttlebots, if you remember them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they made a version of the Throttlebots that combined. So they were, the third parties were the ones that were developing those combiners and they were they were making buck and then when the combiners in third party naturally stopped because they had done all the characters then combiner wars started hmm. and i noticed that that's just one example but a lot of times third party will start something and then hasbro will take on will will do it like the official way right and then the third party will will do the next step or they'll it's like there's a, a symbiotic relationship there where they're where they're building off of each other so i'm not sure what happened with unicron specifically maybe it was that singular mold maybe yeah. the fact that it was Haslab. um so they're they're crowdfunding and they didn't want to uh jeopardize that because the Haslab crowdfunding did not go as much as they did not go as well as they were expecting Right. didn't raise as much money for me the reason i couldn't jump into that is they wouldn't ship to japan so right. if any hasbro execs are listening hey if you ship to japan i will yeah. be in on those transformers <laughs> yeah yeah it's uh supply your dudes like this is the the <laughs> folks in the uk and europe similarly uh upset about haslab yeah uh, because they, they don't ship over there either and they have to sort of go through a third party to get them and uh you know you've had some of the recent has labs like the razor crest from mandalorian and the sentinel the marvel oh, Legends sentinel which that's right are astronomically successful both of them and uh yeah if you're outside the states if you're outside canada you're kind of out of luck right um and which sucks because those i mean those are that sentinel in particular insane I heard that thing um, is a thing of beauty. It, lo it looks great. It's like two and a half feet tall or some shit like that. It's like, I think my cousin Matt, I think, ordered two of them. It's like, what? You know, it's like $350. It's like, all right. Um, so maybe let's like kind of wrap up on the conversation with Optimus Prime. I sort of, I don't collect Transformers really at all anymore. I'll get some of the G1 guys like, you know, I got my little Dinobots, my G1s. Yep. Um, I've got a masterpiece hang, of that. <laughs> we hang out. You know, I love to get, I recently got these guys over the summer and I got them. They're loose, um, but they came with the original boxes. So I had to have them. Yeah. And so I got my man Grimlock, who is just misunderstood. <laughs> People do, they don't know. And, yeah. um, but Optimus, I think, remains my favorite character. From Transformers, I you know I'd say he's probably most people's favorite character, and he's just cool. And I, I think the 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 Michael Bay movies fairly maligned him, with the exception of you know they brought back Peter Cullen, you know, for the voice, which so that, okay, it was amazing. Can I, can I tell you this little story? Yeah, uh, you know, as a longtime Transformers fan and collector, I was looking like I didn't like the new designs from two thousand seven of Optimus Prime, but you know, 
I'm I'm not attached to the past. I can accept a, a new design. So I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, I'm, I'll I'll run with it. I'll see the movie. I'll see how it works. Is maybe you know maybe it's good. Maybe a redesign is in order. And the lights dropped in the theater. I remember I, I went to see this movie in Japan. The lights dropped. It got all dark. And you saw the Paramount logo come in, some sound effects. Okay, fine. And then it was all dark. And then you heard Peter Cullen's voice before there was time. Like, oh, oh my God, it's going to be the best <laughs> thing ever. There was. What? What was it? What was yeah. there? It's so cool. The Cube. <laughs> what? What? You had such a great intro and you finished with a geometric shape? Damn it! What the hell was that? And then it was all downhill from there. It was downhill from there. I miss one of the biggest things I miss of this new Optimus Prime compared with the one from our childhood is he is okay with taking people's faces. He is okay with continuing the war effort. Um, he's tired from the war, but he's still going to to fight and kill. I'm like, what? It's, Optimus Prime doesn't stand for killing. This is a much larger conversation. We'll, 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 maybe we'll get into it on, an, on another episode, but he is sort of subject to the same forces that uh, feed into these arguments people have about uh, Luke Skywalker at the yeah. moment. And then also not just Luke, but Superman and Batman. Yeah. Um, and it's sort of this idea of sort of these iconic figures from our, our childhood who represent, you know, uh, these great virtues, you know, uh, peace, justice, you know, all that good stuff. And then, but now they're basically terminators. They're just, they're, and, you know, they're going to show up and blow you away. Right. And one thing that I, I've read, people comment to justify his, his new attitude is, well, Optimus Prime has been dealing with 4 million years of war and of course he's tired and he's going to be all that. I'm like, yeah, but he's not realistic. <laughs> is, is Optimus a, Prime doesn't represent a person. Optimus a Prime doesn't represent a, a, a historical figure. Optimus Prime represents a character trait. <laughs> right. He's, he's literally and figuratively a vehicle for a set of values, which... Um, you know, we all kind of bought in to when we were kids and then we get to be adults. It's like, no, I just want him to jack shit up. I don't care. Like, you know, <laughs> like what, what is the same thing with Luke? It's like, you know, that, that's whole separate conversation. We'll get into that another time. But, uh, but yeah, he's, I did not like the, that the very little I liked about the Bay movies. Um, I liked that they ended. I'll say that. Um, <laughs> we'll leave it there. Bay, I'll say but, one thing that I do like yeah. about the, the Bay movies. The one thing that I do like. Um, earlier, I mentioned that I collected alternators, and I've got the yeah. full line from Japan of alternators. They're called uh, Vinyl Tech. So actually, my collection consists of both Vinyl Tech and alternators, because some of them didn't cross, cross over. So I've got basically the full line. But alternators was not popular, and they and the Transformers brand was kind of dying um it just wasn't very popular it was getting harder and harder to find um everything was just kind of waning down in terms of transformers 
the 2007 Transformers movie reinvigorated the entire brand, which allowed them to put money into the Masterpiece line. Sure. So I will give them that kind of that much credit about it reinvigorated the brand. But oh, those movies are hard to sit through and watch. And it, as an as a longtime Transformers fan, it's really hard to open to be open to the public that I'm a Transformers fan, knowing that people are have these new movies in their heads. <laughs> it's yeah, that's a good that's a good way to put it. Uh, I remember uh, my cousin Ben and I stumbled upon. We were in Chicago one time years ago, and we stumbled upon the they were filming for. Um, I forget which one it was. Maybe the second or third one. It's the one where the skyscraper falls over. Okay. And they were they were filming downtown, and we stumbled across the where they were filming. And it was uh, all the sort of rubble and ruin of this collapsed skyscraper that was sort of strewn about. And I just immediately thought, this is this entire franchise right now. It's just a pile of ruin. You know, like these are awful. And I didn't even know what the movie was going to be yet because obviously they were filming it. But then I, when we saw it and it was like at that point, I think it was the third one. Um, and then when we finally saw it, it was like, these are terrible. And But they didn't stop. They kept no. making them. They kept making them and it got worse and worse um although bumblebee i have to say i like bumblebee but not a not technically a bay film um yeah. but we can have a discussion later as well sure that's, I do, a, that's I did, a much bigger topic as well sure i did appreciate all the g1 love in bumblebee though um you mean the first five minutes right right <laughs> sort of the inverse of the the original the 86 movie you know that those first 10 minutes traumatizing still some ptsd first five ten minutes of bumblebee nice happy warm place yeah. of joy yeah um, i remember i saw bumblebee in theaters again because people told me it was worth watching and by that point i was pretty much done with transformers the movie right. um and because i'm i'm my collection is based off of both character and engineering my collection kind of stands apart from what's happening yeah. in the lore sure um but yeah so people told me go watch bumblebee and go watch bumblebee i'm like okay so fine so i went to watch bumblebee again the theater lights went down and the movie started on cybertron and then i saw all these characters that i remember i'm like that's it that's what i wanted back in 2007 this is what you do this from now on do this yeah see it's not hard <laughs> yeah you're like you're sort of like shouting at the screen there's ratchet you know like it's you know you're sort of calling everybody out and Bill then Jack, you're there you Will Jack, and then <laughs> then of that course the movie, the movie just becomes sort of a movie it's so it's okay um yeah. after that but yeah maybe, yeah maybe we'll talk about that in the future <laughs> they left cybertron I'm like no 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 stay yeah, stay, stay stay what are you what are you doing nobody cares about whatever anything that comes after um <laughs> all right well um this has been really cool uh talking about uh, optimus prime and really just sort of collecting you know for transformers in japan and sort of in the modern day so maybe rob do you have any final thoughts you want to share on any um, of that uh, there's so much i mean i i hope <laughs> i hope you've picked up that when talking about my transformer collection like there's a lot i can talk about 
Oh, yeah. um, I'm, I, I look at my Transformer collection every day and I'm super grateful and happy that I've been able to, to collect them. Um, and, you know, if your audience is interested, I'm happy to send pictures of my collection of whatever, uh, whatever they'd want to see. If they want to see all the Optimus Primes that I have here, uh, I can do that. Um, yeah, well, I'll have yeah. to share share some on my uh, website. That'd be kind of cool, like yeah, give yeah. people an idea. Because I've seen I've seen quite a few of your pictures, and you you got <laughs> a lot of you got a great setup for one, but you got a lot of great toys. So it'd be kind of cool to see those. Yeah, if anyone's um, interested, I'm happy to share the reviewers that I watch as well, including the stop motion uh masterpieces to, to just see what they look like is yeah one yeah. thing we'll do is um uh we'll include some links to some of these guys uh when we put the podcast up yeah. and people can kind of check those out um because there's so many great youtube reviewers and just youtubers doing toys these days not just yeah. transformers just all over the place so um i'm not exactly photogenic so that's probably nothing i'm going to never do but i really dig <laughs> uh what some of these guys are doing so yeah um all right like, well you know uh when i talk about my mm -hmm. collection to people who aren't collecting uh or who don't really know much about masterpieces they have in their mind the toys which is fine you know i i understand that but when they see the actual collection when they see the figures actually moving the way that you would not expect a toy to move um suddenly everyone has like that everyone has a wow moment and yeah. that's kind of different when looking at these things that's so, cool yeah uh, that's the coolest part of the toys is the wow part it's like you know when you get to be old like i am you know that that sort of you can still have that wow part yeah. um i i love that so um well let's maybe leave it there um we'll get out of here and um hopefully we do some more of these and we talk about like other toys that we love and just other subjects that are uh you know kind of branch off from those yeah, um, yeah. people um podcast um so look for look for more of that and then uh people if they're interested can find me on my website darbyharn.com uh you can find links to my writing uh fiction and uh non-fiction there and then on twitter at darby harn uh where can people find you Sunu? uh <laughs> right now you can find me in japan uh just right in life right don't um, don't show up at his house though <laughs> yeah. uh i so i am thinking about doing some sort of public display of my collection and i'd like to kind of gauge interest on that to see if that's something that people would be interested in. so let me know um if that's something people might be uh thinking about um do you do you ever think about like you got all these guys on instagram you know who do the toy photography do you ever mm -hmm. see that do you ever think about doing that yourself yeah i thought about that um so one of the things i was thinking about doing is um renting out some space here and creating like a mini museum of my oh, transformer cool. collection mm -hmm. and getting that space allows me to then start creating dioramas to then populate with my collection um so that's that's something that i'd love to do but uh i don't know if there's any interest in it besides me sure <laughs>
So, yeah. And, you know, I, I wrote an, an article about my transformer collection um, for another website uh, that I write for all about Japan, but uh, I'll send you that link. Yeah, other I will include that, that as well. Yeah. Other than that, uh, you can reach me through Darby. <laughs> right. Right. I'm forwarding all, all communication. <laughs> All right, folks. Well, um, this was a lot of fun. I uh, really appreciate you guys listening. It's been a blast, and we'll see if there's some more. Hopefully there is. Yeah. All right. Take her easy. Yeah. See ya. <laughs>